Salutations and shit, motherfuckers. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Travel and Shit. I'm your host, D. Carrie, and you are listening to your new favorite travel podcast where we have a conversation more on the experience of travel versus the destination. I am your host, D. Carrie. Did I say that? I feel like I might have said that. Welcome, y'all. So, um, no actual updates that I can remember. Binksy, are you good on your updates? Great. So jumping right in because all that fluff in the beginning tends to get on my nerves too, y'all. This week again, I have another lovely guest. And so guest, would you mind introducing yourself, please? Hello, my name is Stephanie Perry. I am a house sitter and yes, that's a real thing. Uh, and I'm from De Delaware. I'm right now kind of like self-quarantined in Dover, Delaware, but I house sit around the world and I help other women, excuse me, other black women do the same thing. So how, pray tell, did you get into this? What, not just the house sitting, what, okay, let's start with what was your travel style before you began, uh, became a house sitter? Before I was like a, um, just a vacationer, you know, I would take short vacations from work whenever they would approve my days off <laughs> you know I was at their mercy and um, I would go places and like stay on the resort or stay you know in the in the um, tourist area and so then come back home. <laughs> were you a solo travel did you do um, mostly family travel vacations or and then also are you a resort or an Airbnb traveler? I used to do mostly well I I guess I did a lot of solo travel, but I did some friends trips too. Okay. Back then when it was shorter, it's a lot easier to take friends trips when you have like a specific date and everybody can agree on a date. Um, and I was, we would stay in hotels and stuff. Airbnb, it was kind of new to me mm -hmm. when I started long-term travel, you know? Okay. So I'm familiar with your house sitting and I don't need, but give the intro because it's kind of like when you know the, you, if you're watching like a trilogy and you've watched the first two movies, but you're watching <laughs> the third one with somebody else and they're like, I don't get it. So go ahead and explain what exactly your house sitting is and how you got into house sitting. House sitting means that you can work less and travel more. So if you're looking for a way to, instead of having your life revolve around your work, you know, and then you just do things that you want to do in the crevices. If instead you want to build your life around things that you want to do and then just work when you have to, which is basically what I do, then house sitting is a great option. It doesn't matter if you want to bop around the country or bop around the world, or if you just want to stay in your city or your state, you know, house sitting is just staying. Mm -hmm. A lot of people house sit locally. House sitting is just staying in someone's home while they're away taking care of their plants, maybe their pets, you know, making sure nobody breaks in and no, like no thieves break in and no fire breaks out. That's what I used to always say at my church. Um, and, <laughs> and, you know, taking care of things while someone else is gone. That's it. Some house sits are paid. Some house sits are unpaid. It depends on what, you know, how, how good you are at negotiating and how you came across the house sit. But it just means that you don't have to pay for a place to stay. Now, Whether you're housing for somebody for a month or six months, you don't, you are staying for free. 
Now, how did you get into this? Do you do this while working full-time at like your typical nine to five, or did you leave a nine to five behind and then decide to um, house it? I've been quit my job. I had a nine to five um, back in 2015, and I really wanted to take an awesome vacation. Actually, it was 2014. I wanted to take an awesome vacation, and they just wouldn't give me all the days. And I was like, oh, okay, well, instead, I quit. How about that? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> how about this? I quit, and now I travel full time. I traveled for a year just on savings. Okay. Um, before I knew about house sitting, I did know about staying in hostels and stuff. So I stayed, I stayed, you know, pretty inexpensively in Southeast Asia for a year just on money that I had saved. And then um, I came back and went back to work. I got rehired. And um, the same, well, they, they, so the same hospital offered me my job, but I took a job at a different hospital because I already knew I was going to leave and I didn't want to burn the same people twice. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I did, but they did offer me my, yeah, yeah, I thought maybe I should spread it around a little bit, <laughs> but they did offer me my job back. Um, but yeah, so then I was like, you know, I came back to work and I was like, this isn't for me. I don't want to do this. You know, I've already seen what it's like for other people. There are people around the world who just get months of time to travel, you know, like the Germans, they seem to have unlimited vacation time. Uh, you know, you see them everywhere. Germans, Australians, you see them everywhere. They get big blocks of time. They don't understand why you're only traveling for five days or six days. Mm -hmm. And it's because they just haven't built their life around work. Right. Work is just peace. It's not everything. Here in the U.S., we're just told that we are here to work. And we see that now. Um, everybody, you know, not everybody, but people are more concerned with getting everybody back to work than they are with making sure more people live. Right. That's and I saw... The sad case of capitalism and just not being, well, I, I don't really think that has anything to do with solidarity and the train of thought that I'm going to, but yeah, I can absolutely see that, especially with this whole corona open up. Um, yeah, I'm, hmm. go ahead. Yeah, it's heartless. I, but these other countries are capitalist too. It's more than that. It's more than that. It's slavery. It's, it's, you are still a slave. I don't care, <laughs> you know, doesn't matter what year this is. People still have the mindset that we are here to work only. You, we are still a slave. Because Germany is capitalist and Austria, you know, these people, but they live. They take more um, pleasure from a full, well-rounded life, not just how much, what can you contribute? What can you contribute? How much did you make? Uh, how, how, did you, how much did you produce? In um, some places you go and where they have, uh, like their business is just, Close earlier so people can go home and enjoy their time with their families and then yeah. also um siestas where oh so you know their lunch break is kind of like three hours so if you're gonna need something i suggest you buy your meal now because you're good for like three hours and then it's like dinner time so they'll have uh -huh. an extended gap between whatever they serve for like lunch or like a brunch kind of menu and mm -hmm. then they come back around 8 p.m or whatever and do their you know um dinner slash um, dinner those uh, <laughs> if you're traveling places you might want to take a uh, heat of that so you don't get fucked up and are hungry because you decided to skip breakfast or something and you can't eat till eight o'clock at night buy snacks you're going to need snacks because <laughs> dinner is not starting until 8 p.m <laughs> i'm almost ready for bed in most cases by then so what i want people to um so let me start with 
or I guess go back to why I absolutely, absolutely wanted to have you um, on the podcast. I think that a lot of people and I being one of those people was kind of under the misconception that unless you get that whole travel bug out of your system when you're uh, young and in college and either mm -hmm. do the study abroad or you do the gap year that you're kind of um, left to doing vacations when your job tells you to. And then most corporate or most um, jobs give you like the two weeks, maybe three weeks if you're lucky. Or, you know, if you get a union job or you work for a company that just for some reason ends up giving you more time or you've been with a company for enough time that you've um, accrued more time, whatever your case may be is, you're still, like you said earlier, at the mercy of your employer to give you the time off. Now, I have heard of a sabbatical. Mm -hmm. However, in my mind, I've also kind of plotted out how or what reason I'm going to give to my job to say, hey, cool story. I need some time. I need a break. If you could take a second and explain to the audience what a sabbatical actually is, because I think that it's um, a grown-up, if you will, attempt, not attempt, but well, yeah, I'd say attempt, because not all jobs will give it to you, but it's a grown-up, ooh, what's the word? It's right here. Uh, opportunity, if you will, to take that time and do some traveling. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. A sabbatical, formally a sabbatical is paid time off of work. A lot of educators, uh, a lot of educators uh, like universities give professors sabbatical time to work on other stuff or to do projects or to publish, you know, to do, you know, I even interviewed a woman on my YouTube channel who they gave her a sabbatical to uh, write her thesis. She was already teaching at the university. They paid her to uh, take time to write her thesis, right? But, uh, and then there are employers out there who will give you paid time off just for your own personal edification because you come back stronger. You come back rested, energized. You come back a better employee. Mm -hmm. um, but if your employer does not offer a sabbatical, you can still um, kind of force it in a way. Some do offer leave of absences. Most of those are unpaid. Mm -hmm. And then of course you can always just quit, <laughs> which is what, which is what I did. A lot of, you know, I worked in healthcare. A hospital wasn't going to give me time off. I was a pharmacy technician. The hospital wasn't going to give me time off, but I knew if I left, I could come back. Okay. So I misspoke. My job ain't giving me no damn sabbatical, but it's, it's technically, it would be a leave of absence. Uh -huh. Do you know how someone, because I think that with people being home from work right now, some of them are seeing that they absolutely do have um, remote working capabilities, whether or not their job offered it to them. They may be seeing now that, hey, I do X for this company. I can actually do this as a business manager on my own and offer these services to other uh, people. So, you know, working remotely is now an option for some people, but then other people are seeing how, wow, I'm not miserable anymore since I'm not going into said job and may want to look into the option of having a um, leave of absence or a sabbatical. So how would you suggest someone look into whether or not that's an option for them at their job? Talk to HR and read your manual. Like, don't just rely on the HR representative. Read your manual. Know for yourself what your options are. 
and then talk to management. Things can be negotiated whether or not, you know, whether or not it's already listed out that this is a, a benefit or a bonus that you have as an employee there. Things can be negotiated. You never know if you don't ask. Right. Um, you already know that you're, you know, you already know that the other, the other alternative is I'll just go. So what's the harm in asking and negotiating that into your contract? You can do it even after the fact, even after your contract is signed. Hopefully you do it before your contract is signed. <laughs> but even after your contract is signed, you can negotiate things with your employer. Um, some people, some employers are really open to the idea. Some take mental health very seriously and you know, personal time very seriously and employee retention because people who take sabbaticals stay longer. Mm -hmm. um, but their employers who, as we already know, yeah. don't care. <laughs> don't care. Uh, so you're gonna, you have to, everybody's got to decide for themselves how, how much they want to do it, you know, how far they're willing to go. But don't just assume because your HR rep says, no, that's not a thing. Don't just assume that it's not going to happen for you. That's a good point because I feel like a lot of, um, <laughs> we all know people that have been hired, not because they're qualified, but because they know someone. And then also if it's not something that is in the culture of your, um, of your job or in your line of work, then they just may not be familiar with all of the ins and outs, not because they're trying to uh, stop your shine or because they personally dislike you. It just may be something that somebody has to do more digging to actually see what your options are. So if you've gotten to the point where you decide that, okay, some type of space, whether it be a sabbatical, a leave or absence or quitting altogether is an option for you, in your experience, what's something that you wish you would have known when you were taking that plunge that you've found from your experience along the way? Um, I wish I had known, well, this is not tangible, like, but I wish I had known that more people were doing it, mm. you know, yes. that it didn't mean that I was crazy or lazy or any of that stuff. You know, I wish I had known that this is a legitimate way to, to live and work, you know. Um, and I wish I had known about certain, um, I wish I had known that there were more, um, more options, more alternatives than just traveling on savings in the beginning. Because in the beginning, all I knew was just go until your money runs out and then go back to work, I, you know, and then repeat, <laughs> rinse and repeat. So I wish I had known that there were more options out there. Could you speak more to that in terms of um, the not only traveling on savings, like what kind of things do you mean? This is an amazing time to try to see the world because not like this month, but like <laughs> this time in, in the world, because so many people don't have to go to work to have a job. So if you're talking about working remotely, you know, there's so many places in the world where you can live perfectly fine on $40 a day. And if you want to ball out 50 or $60 a day, it's really all you need to make. Like, imagine how free you can be, how much time you can have to yourself, how much other stuff you can do or achieve, or how much rest you can get. If you only need to make $60 a day, you know, so uh, 30 is 1500 y'all. I don't do the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Calculate it real quick. That's $1,500 a day. A lot of people make that in, you know, two weeks. If that's uh -huh. your take home, like you only imagine having, being able to live comfortably by cutting your monthly income in half. You know what I mean? Or if that's all you have to make for the month, like I hope that you understand that that's what Stephanie's point is. Like you can live comfortably in these countries. Go right ahead. Sorry. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, it's just, it's just a great time to be out there. There are a lot of people sharing information, letting you know exactly what they pay, exactly what it looks like. Get yourself on YouTube seriously and it will, they will get you addicted. They'll have you out the door before you know it because people are showing you what their home looks like, how much they're paying people paying $300 a month for a, a high rise, like, you know, high rise apartment. Is this so, precedent? This is just, just to pay, just buy, getting your own, renting your own place. Like oh, in Malaysia, in Malaysia, you can rent a really nice place for, you know, $500 a month, probably. Actually, yeah, actually I have a list, <clears throat> excuse me, on my website, I have a list of places where you can Airbnb for $500 a month, okay. but I need to find, we need to do a search on places where you can rent for okay. $500 a month. Yeah. So, um, and then if you're talking about house sitting, like, I have had months in Mexico. I like to house sit in Mexico. It's, it's my thing. <laughs> I love it there. And I, I like tacos and tequila and churros. You know, I'm happy. So I've house sat in Mexico and spent less than $300 for a whole month just because I don't have to pay for a place to stay. Sometimes they stock the refrigerator a little bit before you go. I'm not doing, you know, I'm not doing anything fancy. I'm just hanging out, you know. Right. So when you, once you know that, the I think when people think about traveling full time, they just think about the money compared to how much, or they think about what they spend here every month, and they're going to need to have that every month to travel full time. Absolutely not. A lot of the world is so much less expensive and so much easier to move around in. So much cheaper to fly from place to place. Yes. Here you get so spoiled when you go to like Asia, and then you try to you come back here and you're like, oh, I'm just going to fly to Memphis. Like my mom and I went to Memphis last year, and I was like, why are these tickets? expensive you can get from manila in the philippines to chiang mai thailand for 80 dollars. why am i paying so much absolutely it's i feel like this opens up now this may sound condescending but I, I, it's not my intention i think that this for at least for me opens up a lot more of um an adult lens on travel only because now mind you i'm a new traveler I didn't leave the country until I was 30. So all the traveling that I've done, I've kind of crammed into the last four years. And so a lot of this stuff, I'm still figuring out as I go. And for me, that's exciting just because it's easier. It just requires a little less preparation. You just balls to the wall, jump all the way in. But I think that what the main thing that held me back in terms of um, traveling in general was just the idea that you needed so much in order to start out. And I think mm -hmm. when you had mentioned just the not seeing it and not knowing how many other people were doing it was mm -hmm. really kind of like, a, oh, I wish I'd known that. One, it just gives you more resources. You're able to reach out to people and learn from other people's mistakes and then also learn from other people's wins. It gets you further down or you know, gives you an extra lap around the track, if you will, with you know, somebody else's alley-oop. I didn't know that I didn't need a travel agent or, you know, to spend $1,500 on, you know, um, this incredible upscale, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, resort. Cause initially all I was seeing was resort travel or backpacking. So you could either live a luxurious life or just like sleep in the dirt and like eat <laughs> churros and street food for the entire time. There's a middle ground. You can stay at an Airbnb or you can stay at um, a hostel. Cause of course my 
whole idea of hostels was TV, movies, and you're going to die. <laughs> that was it. But once you're opened up to so many more possibilities, I feel like, uh, especially us as people of color, I will definitely for myself give that to social media and the internet. Because before then, it was just hearing other people's stories. And then in college, it was looking at the, I'll never forget, and this is just my lack of knowing that I'd seen the post for study abroad, but I just assumed it was just going to be ridiculous. It was going to be so much paperwork that I didn't want to do. And I talked myself out of that opportunity. And now as an adult, study abroad, study abroad isn't an option, but digital nomad life absolutely is. And I know that when I'm booking my trips, one of the major expenses that I run into is of course accommodations. Once I get there to spend like, okay, I spent $500 on this flight, great. Now how much do I wanna spend to stay here? And if you can totally cut that out by offering a service, all that money is fun money. You can, you can spend the money that you, you could, shit, I could upgrade to business class. I don't know about first class. <laughs> But you can even update your flight. So what other options do you find work best for you in terms of sustaining an income while you're abroad? I am a virtual assistant, so I work a little bit. <laughs> I, have, I have clients that I do work for and they pay me. And then I hope that I don't have to hear from them for a couple more weeks. So I have some time to not work, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I've also worked, done, um, I've also done work exchanges in exchange for free room and board. What's so, that? So there are sites, uh, WorkAway, HelpX, Wolf, right, are three main, three of the main sites I know of, where people just say, hey, I need somebody to come to my house or to my business and do this for me for this amount of time. In exchange, I'll give them free room and board. I did part-time nanny work. Like for a full-time nanny, you should get paid. I would not recommend anybody do nanny work just in exchange for free room and board. But I did part-time. My job, I went to Australia, which is a very expensive place. Crazy expensive. Like why do people live here? It's that kind of <laughs> And um, I got free room and board. They paid, they um, fed me and gave me a place to stay. And all I had to do was get the kids, two kids up, dressed, ready for school, feed them breakfast, pack the lunch, and then drive the carpool to school. The rest of the day was mine. They gave me the car to use, you know. Oh. Yeah, and they had a beautiful home. I had my own room. They had a pool. It was not, it wasn't summertime there, but they had a pool, if, you know, if I'd been, if I had timed it right. Um, yeah, so, and, but there are work exchanges where you work for four or five hours a day mm -hmm. and they give you room and board. They give you a place to stay and they give you your meals. Um, that's a great alternative if you're the kind of person who wants to meet people because it can get kind of lonely doing, you know, if you're not used to solo travel or even if you are used to solo travel, it can get lonely. Yeah. Uh, work exchanges are wonderful. There are work exchanges for any type of skill that someone could have. There are work exchanges for, for photographers and web designers and farmers and painters and whatever. So what have you found to be a noticeable difference in your experience and uh in the sense of when you traveled for vacation if you will versus when traveling became more of a lifestyle for you because now that you're able to sustain yourself while you travel how do you feel that you experience yourself or you experience um your time away differently let me tell you i didn't start long-term travel to 
get to know myself. You know, like I wasn't on like a quest to find myself. I didn't think, but man, if it didn't happen that way, if I didn't find out, I like, I'm like, there's so much stuff about me. I did not know. I didn't know that I like meeting new people. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of like a hermit and I like to stay to myself and I like, you know, a lot of quiet time. I need a lot of quiet time in my life. Uh, but I really like talking to strangers and I just didn't know it because my life has been set up to fit the environment that I was in, not new environments. Right. Turns out I don't, I like walking down the street and people stopping me, especially when I don't have any place to go, any place to be. I've had women stop me. I had a woman come up to me in the mall and invite me to eat with her in the Philippines. She, <laughs> let me tell you, being a black woman in some places where you stand out, mm -hmm. you think it would be a negative, but man, it's a positive. So she was like, she walked up to me. She said, hi, I'm a retired school teacher. I used to teach in New Jersey. Are you American? Yes, I said, and then she and I'm from Delaware, which is the neighboring state. We sat and talked for a few minutes. She said, "I'm going to have lunch at my favorite restaurant." No, she didn't. She said, "Have you heard of recipes?" And I didn't know what she was talking about. She said, "Come with me." Next thing I know, we're standing in front of the rest the restaurant in the mall. We sit down. She ordered a table full of food so I could try all these Filipino dishes, and <laughs> sat and talked. We're Facebook friends even still now. Like the the idea that. I have that I like things that I didn't even know I liked, right? I want to do things that I didn't even know I was interested in right. just because I've taken time to move more slowly mm -hmm. and um, just let things come to me and see. And then I can say, yes, I like this. No, I don't like this. Yes, I want to try this again. No, I don't want to try this again. I thought travel had to, you had to leave exhausted. You know, when you take a vacation, you come back to work, you're tired. Mm -hmm. Right. I didn't really know. I saw, I knew that they sell you that travel is rejuvenating, but five day vacations are pretty exhausting. Yeah. Cause you try to do so much in such a yeah. short amount of time. Just to, I know, well, for me, I'm, I do the most and I try to optimize my time in these places because I only have a limited amount of time. And I, in my mind, I don't really enjoy the idea of going back someplace I've been. So I, Monday this, Tuesday this, break on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right before the flight, can I manage anything? And that's how you come back and you're like. Worn out, <laughs> worn out. Yeah. But it turns out it doesn't have to be like that. You know, you can take more time, enjoy places. I've been to cities where like the top tourist attractions, I haven't even seen them. Mm. I'm like, mm, not interested. I just came back from a house sit in Austin and everybody was like, every time I took an Uber or, and I met up with a girlfriend down there and every time I went somewhere, they would list off places I need to go. I didn't see any of them. I was just perfectly fine. <laughs> I just wanted to eat some barbecue. Um, <laughs> that's, <what I'm> <laughs> chill, that's it. Barbecue and chill was all that was on my list. And I didn't know until I started traveling more slowly that, um, you know, that you can, you can actually feel revived and regenerated in these new environments instead of just drained and worn out. You know? And I think that that's one of the things that, um, I don't want to say worries me about it, but the difference between traveling for a week at a time versus traveling for two months at a time or um, even two, three weeks at a time. I've never had, and so now, <laughs> until Corona, I've never had a long-term vacation. Now the difference is I'm still home, I'm sitting in my house, but what do you, or what was your experience like the first or the beginning of 
that extended amount of time traveling was that something you had to adapt to because in my i don't get homesick when i go for a week i know i'm coming back to my dog in a couple of days but i wonder what that's like when you go away for a month or longer at a time what was that like for you it took me a while to slow down so in the beginning i was like two days here two days here two days there so it took me a while to get into the mindset oh you know this is my life. Like, this isn't just a vacation. Same thing with eating, by the way. I, when I'm traveling, I'm like, oh, this isn't like a vacation. I have to like eat with a purpose. You know, I can't just eat all of everything all the time. Um, so I'm still learning that lesson. Um, but, but I, yeah, so it took me a while to get into the slow mode. Um, I didn't really have too much homesickness. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's like I said, it's a great time to do it because you can video chat with people. It feels really good. It feels really nice to video chat with your parents. I, I do it so much that my dad would be like, okay, bye now. <laughs> so, so there wasn't like the worry and the, you know, like, you know, feeling like you're missing stuff at home, at home, but you are missing stuff at home. So you have to find a way to navigate that, you know, um, but in the beginning, it just was, it did just take me a while to realize that, hey, I'm out here for a long time. I want to enjoy every day, but I don't have to do something every day. Mm -hmm. Now, I have no problem with it. But that, it took a while to switch off that mode. Even working, so I, I never felt guilty about not going to work. I know some people do. Mm -hmm. uh, I never felt guilty about not producing things, but I did feel like I had to, like, share everything um, and make sure everybody knew what I was doing in the beginning. In terms, um, of, um, in terms of your digital profession or in terms of just like keeping family and friends updated with what was going on? On social media. So I didn't have a huge, like I didn't have a, a, like a big online presence or anything, but I just felt like if I'm doing, if I'm not at work, I at least have to show that something's happening. Okay. You know, it's kind of a weird thing. So I felt like I at least needed to show, I went to this temple today and I needed to let everybody know that I, you know, I at least did something. Um, so that took a little while to, to be like, you know, I can just be, you know, I don't have to be doing anything. I'm not, I've never been like a workaholic or anything like that, but I, it did still take me some time to just chill and okay. relax into it. By some time, I mean like a few weeks. I don't mean all that long, but to, it took me a few weeks to be like, you know, I can just do whatever I want. And then new stuff started to come into my head that I had, that would never have found its way if I hadn't started if I hadn't taken a lot of time off you know like the whole idea of writing I work as a freelance writer I'm a virtual assistant and I do writing for other people and I write something for myself the whole idea of that never occurred to me because I was just always busy working doing my job that I didn't start I didn't have time to think about what things interested me and what did I want to learn what new skills did I want to pick up I think that that uh, like um, how do I put this in words? Um, I am a big proponent of doing what brings me peace, like, and not doing what, like, I don't want to do. And I feel like that is one of the things that scares the ever-loving shit out of me about the idea of having a family and children and stuff, because mm -hmm. it's been just me and the dog, barely raised this one, right? But it's, it's just been us for so long, and I love so much not having to cook, I don't have to clean when I don't want to. Like, I don't have to do anything that I don't want to other than, of course, get up and go to work. And slowly but surely, 
for the alley-oop and all these amazing women that I'm speaking to, it's like, I might not even have to do that the same way in the future. But the idea of missing out on something that brings me so much joy would, I, ter- I don't want to say terrifies me, but I know that I love this podcast and I know that I love traveling. And ultimately I would love to do more of the two. And I can't imagine how different my life would have been had I not discovered how much I enjoy traveling. And the idea that some people work an entire life just waking up, going to work, coming home and either you know taking care of themselves, taking care of their family, I just feel like there's so much joy left on the table. People are always worrying about money left on the table and this opportunity and I could grind here and I could do this. Yes, that's important. You know, we all have to have some level of currency in our lives to be able to provide for ourselves. But the idea that people are leaving the opportunity of happiness behind, it just makes me a little sad. Like it, there's, I know how much I love it and I want other people to have that as well. And I feel like happier people just make for happier people and better interactions just in general. I mean, like at the grocery store, if you having a bad day, you may only have the cart of eggs and the, you know, the milk in your, in, you know, in your hand to go online. But because the lady in front of you had a bad day, you know, she's not going to let you get in front of her. So now you got to wait for her to do the entire cart. You know what I mean? Just like little things like that, just for a smoother kind of look life interactions and i really just think that that's a really great point that there's so many different not so many different opportunities but just that opportunity to discover things that you enjoy and you've been able to make money from it so it's like that space that you took from a regular nine to five or a secure or a safe uh life journey gave you the opportunity to still support yourself to still you know be able to uh create an income but actually doing something that you like go figure you know what i mean it's just like you discovered talents you discovered skills that you were able to do and able to profit from and i really wish that so many more people could have that at the at their disposal i do too too. i love the way you put that that there's so much joy left on the table that's exactly right we're told you know what sacrifice all of your all of your youth all of your good years when your body is strong and healthy then once you turn 65 or 70 then maybe you get to have fun you know then maybe and travel so many i hear so many especially in like our community oh when i retire i'm a you know the kids are out the house or i could go live i could travel and it's like all right but you could go now Uh kids you talked about that you know having a family but you see i when i left i was a little bit in mourning not a little bit i was in mourning over the fact that i was 40 about to be 41 and no children Mm -hmm. and um and so it looked like that door was closing right and when i got and then so what i said was well let me do something where i can um like turn a negative into a positive. Let's make lemonade. No, I don't have children, but yes, I'm free to travel everywhere. Then I got out there and I saw all these families out there traveling. I follow someone on Instagram. I'm like, wow. I mean, school-age children, school-age children, they're doing it and it works. And it's, you know, it's amazing. Like I said, it's the perfect time. If this is something that is interesting you, anybody, 
it's the perfect time. It's, you know, because you can school your kids online or you can school your kids yourself. There are states in the U.S., quite a few states have a K through 12 online. Yes. And they give you a laptop. Like you don't even have to, <laughs> you don't even have to supply your own supplies. I'll you a few. So it's not like you go, ooh. Uh-huh. I had um, Jade and uh, her daughter come on and they are, oh, I don't know if they're still traveling now with uh, Corona. Uh-huh. They were traveling the country and there are, like they repurposed the van so that they can, you know, see the country. And she homeschools her daughter. She is an online teacher. And it's absolutely, absolutely an option. And I think that a lot of us don't necessarily see that, or at least my experience of my community, because I can't, we're not a monolith. I can't speak for all Black folk. But the people in my community, my friends, my family, people I've come in um, communication with, we don't really see this that often. And just knowing something is available to you, I think, takes away a lot of the boundaries um, to access and to grow. Like you, there's so much out there that um, even just your, your mindset, just thinking, well, you know, it might not work or, but um, I think it's episode 37, uh, Gabby, Pax Light. Um, yes. I was just watching her TED talk. All right, come through TED speaker. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she was saying delusional confidence. There's so many opportunities and she consistently shares these opportunities on her um, Instagram. So absolutely um, follow her. But uh, especially if you have college age students, because she's whatever, I think she's Gen Z. What is that? 26, uh, 2016 to 24. I think that's her general demographic of travelers, I want to say. But um, so she's a great resource for them as in particular. However, so many of the opportunities that she shares have no age limit. Because when I first started looking at like scholarships and travel grants and all these things, it was like, all right, well, I ain't in college. I'm nobody's student. I'm like, I've aged out of all the opportunities because I'm basically 35. And I'm looking at the stuff that she posts and more often than not, there is no age limit or the age limit is like 65 or 72. Like they just put an arbitrary number on it. Mm -hmm. But so much is available to many people for joy, for income, and for opportunity that, you know, it's just, it's there. Like you're saying, like, this is the time where Mm -hmm. digitally we can do so much because it's it's here. It's It's there. For the picture. Yeah, it's a, I'm so glad to be here at this time. I'm so glad. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's for real. Like, it's, there's so many opportunities out there and there are teacher grants for travel. There are art, artist grants for travel specifically uh but then there are just other people who will sponsor you to go on you know to take time off right look you know you just have to know that it's out there and look so you're right gabby pax light is a great resource for people for look who are looking for uh, those opportunities yes for funded travel basically she posts uh ways for you to get money to travel like a company will um pay you to travel and maybe write a piece or to like, there is some, there's absolutely work involved in it. Like you have to write an essay, do applications and stuff, but it'll be like a $17 application fee and they're paying for you to go to Iceland for a week. And you know, you just do whatever the program is or some type of exchange for mm-hmm. a skill or something that you already do. You're just going to be providing for them. Similar to what you were saying, it's a work, it's a work trade or you trade off. Like you're, they're paying for your travel, your stay. You often get vouchers for food and all that other kind of jazz. 
just to do something that you do anyway, you know? But all the great stuff about the traveling and the opportunities, what are some things that you found along the way have kind of like, I don't like this about it? Um, so it does get lonely. And there are times when I'm like, you know, I wish I had some company. I've had uh, my mom come and join me down in Mexico for a, a few days or weeks. Yeah, a couple weeks. I had my cousin come and join me in Paris one time. So, it, and then you're always meeting new people, but you're also always saying goodbye to new people. So you meet people on the road. It's really easy. That's something that a lot of people are afraid of. Either they're afraid of being alone the whole time, or they're afraid of like, you know, trying to meet people and no, you know, they won't make any friends. Like it's guaranteed. As soon as you walk out the door, you'll make friends, but you're always having to say goodbye. Everybody's, you know, coming and going all the time. So that's different, you know, that's a different type of experience because on my last job, I think I had been there for five years and I was the newest person, <laughs> you know, like people had been there for 20 and 30 years, you know, so I'm going from that kind of experience to like every four days, you know, I've got new friends, we're hanging out for a few days, we're going out, we're having drinks, and then I'm never going to see them again, you know, maybe on Instagram. So that, you know, that's a big change. Has any part of staying in other people's homes been scary for you? Because I know that was one of the things that my dad was very hesitant about when I was telling him, oh, yeah, I'm just going to stay at an Airbnb. Oh, so you're staying in someone's house? And I'm just, yeah. He's like, what do you mean you're staying in somebody's house? Do you know whose house this is? And I'm like, bro, like, it's, it's fine. Other people have stayed. I read reviews. In terms of house sitting, do they have those same, um, I guess you could say, protections? Or do you get to choose? which houses there are so i house it through a service called trusted house sitters and yes they have reviews they have the same you know reviews that you would find if you're looking up you know an airbnb or whatever so you know what you're getting you don't have to apply for a house sit if it doesn't fit all of your criteria so if you know criteria hmm. yeah so like i i have criteria <laughs> i need <laughs> i need it to be in a city i'm interested in going to i need it to be good weather you know because i do spring and summer only boycott winter. I do, um, I don't do certain, like sometimes you'll find a house sit and they'll be like, it's six months, but you're in charge of cutting the grass. No, thank you. I don't do that. <laughs> labor I'll pass on. <laughs> For a free house sit, you know, when I'm just getting free room and board, I have an animal quota. Usually it's like two or three pets. If it's like two cats, no problem. You don't have to pay me. Cats are easy. Um, if it's more than that, then I feel like they should pay and they, you know, so I don't do those. Or if I do, I do them off the site because on site you can't, you cannot get paid on trusted house sitters, but you can get paid if you're like doing a word of mouth house sit, you know, so I have, so I have criteria that I, you know, work into, you know, is it during, like I had a great house sit lined up for um, Essence Festival in New Orleans this year. Yeah. So I was looking, but it's not going to happen. Bro, I got like, because <laughs> me and my best friend was talking about going and I'm like, bro. I don't got Essence Fest money. <laughs> like, don't fight yeah. a mad bread just to get out there during that time. And then, where are we staying? Yeah, if I find something I want to go to, I get a house sit. A house sit. I, I don't pay for accommodation. I can't stress that enough. I'm not, kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I don't pay for accommodation. I wanted to go to this thing in LA, and I was already in San Francisco, so it was easy to get to LA but I didn't want to pay. And so I took a house sit and, you know, you know, so anyway, that's how it works. Yeah. I don't pay for a place to stay. I don't believe in it. I'm not doing that. Well, like once you know, it, it just doesn't make sense to. 
Now, do people ever, like, I don't want to say, is recruit the right word? Do people recruit you to, um, like, house it for them? Yeah. Like, word of mouth. I get a lot. Most of my bookings now are word of mouth. So I started with trusted house sitters. Um, and those, like I said, are unpaid. I need to stress that because they watch videos and stuff that I'm on and they always comment, you know? <laughs> so, but then anything that I book after that, um, unpaid. I mean, any, paid and through word of mouth. So um, what did you ask me? If you, um, shit, what did I <laughs> My phone, at the same time that you asked something, it popped up and now I just completely lost it. But I'm pretty sure I am. I hope I answered your question. <laughs> so um, word of mouth, yeah. So I book through different ways. Through uh, There are people oh, like reaching out to me. For yeah. yeah, people reach out to me sometimes. And sometimes I get on their fa Facebook groups of like expats and retirees. Most of my clients are just retirees who have moved out of the country somewhere else. So you can even just get on a group of expats and be like, hey, I'm a house sitter. And boom, somebody will need you. Right. You know, because I like to, I'm a pet sitter. So I like taking care of pets. Some house sitters don't take care of pets at all. Right. I like pets, so they like me. You know, people like me. Oh. Um, so yeah, it's, it's like, once you get started, once you get some reviews, once you get some people who can vouch for you and right. say, yes, we love her. I have, you know, then... The ball is rolling. I have repeat customers that I go to every year for the same month. Um, and then they usually are like, well, since you're going to be here all June, let me hook you up with my friend in, for July, you know. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I really like house sitting in Mexico, like I said. So I like going to a specific area and getting house sits. It's easier than going back, back and forth and, you know, all over the place. But you can do it. You can do it however you want. And like I said, there are people who house sit in their own city. Right. Just, you know, um, you know, they don't want to travel, but they don't want to pay those crazy prices in New York, in the New York City area mm -hmm. and San Francisco area and uh, L.A., Southern California as well. You could house it full time without having your own place. It's that lucrative. Like there are that many people who need you. And then if you have a day or two in between, just book an Airbnb in between or stay with somebody, you know, you could house it full time right in those areas. You can also. Say it again. I'm sorry. And, and these are uh, paid houses. Yeah. Yeah. And now or, do you have to stay in the home like technically full time? Because I'm trying to trying to see like, damn, how far are you? I'll pay you to go water your plant. You know what I mean? Like I'll leave my house, go water your plants. And if you got a pet, play with my pet, whatever. Like everybody have a good time. Like uh -huh. there are people who do drop in visits only. Mm -hmm. And yes, people will pay you for drop-in visits. I've done those in San Francisco. When I house, when I house sat in San Francisco, I also did drop-in visits for another lady. So yes, you can do just drop-in visits. You can do something kind of in between where, you know, it's pretty, because you're the boss of you and they need somebody to help them. It can be very flexible, you know? So yes, you can do drop-in visits. You can stay there the whole time. Sometimes people have cats. And they're just like, just come and feed my cat once a day. You know, <laughs> I'll pay you X dollars to just feed my cat once a day. On the, on the table. <laughs> there is, there are so many ways to like, just profit. Not, I don't just say profit because it's also a service. You know what I mean? Like, right. I know, um, I know also it's like you were saying retirees, a lot of seniors go visit their kids in other states and out of town and stuff. And it's not like they, you know, are leaving and never coming back. You're just mm -hmm. checking on the plants, making sure that no, and then also depending on um, like the neighborhood, you want to turn on the kitchen light, make it look like somebody is home. You know what I mean? Like 
collect the mail, little things that I know, like I, how I do the same thing for grandparents. Uh -huh. when, you know, they're out of town. It's like, all right, well, I'll hop in. I'm here every other day. I'll collect your mail. I'll check your car, make sure, you know, start it up, drive around the block, make sure, you know, it doesn't sit too long. It's just, you know, you're also helping people. So I feel like, yeah. that's a, you know, a little intrinsic little token you could drop in your little coin purse <laughs> if you want. Uh -huh. so, There's nothing wrong with getting paid. There's nothing wrong with getting paid for to provide a service. Yeah, retirees are great clients because they generally travel for longer periods of time. I like long house sits. I don't like to do like four days here, three days there, if I can help it. Uh, but yeah, they retire, they travel for long periods of time. A lot of retirees are house sitters themselves. So sometimes I have clients that I house sit for them while they go house sit for someone else, someplace more exotic. Yeah. So like, oh, you wanna, who wants to be in New York? <laughs> winter and well, some people like fall. I don't some do. <laughs> I mean, winter, nobody wants to be here. That'd be that perfect time to be in Mexico without having to sell your house, lease your house, and, you know, uh, change the status of your own property. You don't have to necessarily Airbnb it. And then you can test it out, like do it for a month, see if you like somebody. And what I also like is it's, there are reviews. It's not like there's an, it's a stranger, but it's not like an absolute stranger that's just coming into your home and they have no reason not to, you know, take your stuff and run away kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like they right. know who you are. They know where to find you and you know you're there a little bit more i guess um safety or assurances go behind the people yeah people who get house sitters are a different type of person you know um you they probably have house sat themselves more 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 than likely people the people that you know offer like mm -hmm. um, couch surfing have generally been a little bit nomadic themselves they've done the whole backpacking and stayed on other people's couches and say i've had a great experience and i'm willing to have this same type of person come cohabitate or share my space with me exactly exactly that's something that i learned from long-term travel we tend to think of others you know strangers as dangerous you know they're a potential danger to us but most likely they're like us yeah you know same thing with house sitting your house sitting clients are probably people like you they want to take a vacation and they don't want to leave their house empty same thing you know <laughs> they're us again <laughs> like it's just that if you don't know that it's um an available option or if you don't know that it's a thing or something that happens then why would you even con you know what i mean why would you not why would you consider well, no it's yeah. here we're spreading well, word. <laughs> what other um, experiences do you find that are different in being? Because one of the things that I like to, I don't say discuss, but I feel like the main purpose mm -hmm. of travel and shit has kind of, it's not about the destination. It's about the experience. You know what I mean? Travel is so much more than vacation. And I don't, I definitely didn't consider that until I was able, and now mind you, I travel in vacations because I can only take a week at a time off. So I want to preface that that theory in I don't travel for three weeks at a time. I absolutely can only do one week at a time. However, the more I started traveling, the more I realized I wasn't like I hate saying I'm going on vacation. It's just like I'm leaving. I'm going away. It's not I personally am an Airbnb traveler. I enjoy being uh, as culturally immersed as I can possibly be. I don't need to stay in um, a resort. Mm -hmm. I know that one 
uh, hack that I will say is if you find that you're interested in a lot of those types of amenities or you just feel safer depending on what destination or uh, location you're in, you can absolutely get an Airbnb near a resort. This way you can have some of those amenities at your disposal. If you want to, I don't like pools. They kind of skeeve me out. But if I want to go to a pool or if I want to be near a pool, you just get an Airbnb that's, you know, a couple blocks from a hotel or some hotels will offer you um, a pass or something that you can pay for that you can access, not hotels per se, but a resort where they have other things that you can do in the area. But how have you seen um, that your experiences have differed or your experience of yourself has differed once you stepped out of vacationing and into traveling? Um, like I said, I've just been more open to new things and new people, stuff that, you know, normally I would be like, oh, I don't do that. <laughs> oh, it turns out maybe I do do that. You know, you get to just, I just get to try out new things and, you know, see them. There's no pressure. There's no strain. So I've definitely learned that I, like I said, I like talking to strangers. That's a whole new thing for me. Um, I've learned that I don't, I like museums, you know, I don't necessarily feel like um, obligated to see the stuff that people say that I should see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it just, I get to, you know, flow, mm-hmm. flow a lot better the, the, instead of, being on a strict schedule right structure yeah more i'm more about flow than structure um and that's something that i've learned just through just through travel so what other kind of services do you offer i know you have the sabbatical school um you have a lot of offerings on your website like what kind of um services do you offer to help people get out of the structure and go with the flow I do. I have a, my website is vacarious.com. I have a five-day challenge called the sabbatical money five-day challenge. Um, it's a way for people to talk, to learn about the things that we've talked about today, about work exchanges, about house sitting, about some other stuff, um, about ways to get, um, get out the door, take your sabbatical, even if you don't have cash saved up to do it, you know? So I host that five-day challenge. I also help people get their first house sit booked. So once you've decided, yes, I'm ready to start house sitting, the fear, the nervousness starts bubbling up like, okay, I want to do it, but how do I get the first house it booked? So and I also walk without having a, a month, you can do a house it with having a week off, right? You can do a, yes, you can do a house it for a weekend. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I've done one night house sits where I was, you know, in, in town already. And they're like, okay, I need somebody for one night. Cool. I'll do this for one night. You know, as long or as short as people are traveling, that's how long they need a house sitter for, especially with pets, especially with pets. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that anybody would have a one night house sitter if they didn't have pets, but, okay. you know. but um, yeah, so I help people get their first house sit booked once they decide that they want to start house sitting. And again, but again, you don't, like you said, you don't need to be traveling for long periods of time. You can house sit for a weekend or a week. Anytime that you want to go someplace new and you don't want to pay for a place to stay, you can look for a house sit in that place. So I do that too through house sitter school. And you can find all of that on, on my website on vacarious.com. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for sitting with me and also for just the conversation about leaving joy on the table. That was like, I, I really wish, I just want happier people. 
Uh, I yeah. feel like happier people, it makes for a happier world. It's a lot of just unhappiness right now for obvious reasons. And I think that during this time as a traveler, it's some of us have taken the route of, oh my God, when am I leaving again? And oh, I can't wait to get out. But now is also a really good time to sit still and look at different modes of travel, different, um, not just like different destinations, but because again, travel isn't just about where you show up. There are different ways to travel. There are different tones to have to your travel. And I feel that a lot of us that are grounded, if you will, there's no problem with sitting and looking at your other options of travel while you're home. That's so right. I would offer a lot of travelers this time that you're not going anywhere. Look at different ways of travel, not just in terms like for like you don't have to pay for your lodging, bro. Like <laughs> paid to go someplace else. Now is the time to look into it. Invest in creating a profile for that. Look at different uh, skills that you can market on when you're able to go travel. So as opposed to just sitting and looking at the, oh, I can't go anywhere. Oh my God, I'm stuck. Oh. It sucks. Look at how you're going to capitalize on your next trip or look at how you're able to help somebody while you're going on your next trip. This is a time for um, rest because if anything like me you do the most when you do travel so sit down like yeah. take a breath if you have that luxury a lot of people don't have the luxury to take a breath during this time a lot of people are probably working harder than mm -hmm. they were working when they were actually going into work so you know just take a little bit of assessment of what your uh personal dilemma or your personal opportunity is at this time you can grow from it, you, and that doesn't necessarily mean that you're building a business and creating all these profiles and starting new things. Your growth could be in just saying, hey, so I don't have to pay for a commute, or I don't have to uh, you know, pack my lunch every day. Whatever your growth is, just take it as an opportunity to rest, and that can be your growth. Take it as a time to build, that could be your growth. It, it's your own personal, um, journey as the same as when you're traveling or when you're home your journey is your journey whether you're in one spot or going someplace else but i just love being able to offer these um new tools to put in your toolbox whether or not you are a traveler or even if you want to say hey i can go visit because not all travel is vacation either you could decide that you want to go visit family someplace else for good reasons bad reasons reasons in between and have someone come in and house it for you. No, you know, like I know that if I were to leave here, I can have um, my parents watch my dog for me. But if I go someplace with my parents, mm -hmm. if I can't bring the dog, it's now it's an issue. But somebody to come outside of just having a dog walker come in water my plants for me make sure a light comes on so it doesn't look like you know nobody has been here for the past two three weeks you know what i mean so there are a lot of different ways to look at it and i thank you so much for bringing that into the um the line of vision for a lot of people because until i saw you online house sitting was not even a thing and I don't want to say thank you for being a black woman doing it, but it just, <laughs> it just feels so much more accessible coming from someone who looks like me. I know that for me, the messenger absolutely matters. Um, I can try as I may to, you know, join this group or this 
group here and on this Facebook. And it's just like, uh, but I don't think that we have any, I, I know I personally have a hard time with looking or receiving a message mm -hmm. from people that I don't resonate with. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that so many people can benefit from what it is that um, you've experienced and what it is you have to share. So I would absolutely suggest that you check out Stephanie at Vacarious. It's, what is it, V-A-Y-C-A-R-I-O-U-S? Yeah, that's it. When I, when I named it, it was about vacationing vicariously through me, but I don't want you to do that anymore. I want you to go for yourself. But right. yeah, it's called vicarious.com. <laughs> and I have a YouTube channel as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you just put Stephanie Perry in YouTube search, my videos about house sitting and about travel will come up. And you have Instagram, Twitter, where else can people find you? All of those, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I'm at Vicarious. All right. Stephanie, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate your expertise and I appreciate your energy here with me today. Thank you. Thank you. It was so much fun. And you too, Binksy. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Stephanie. I appreciate it. And I'll absolutely have links to um, Stephanie's social media and to her website in the episode description. So uh, scoot over down there and uh, learn something new. So thanks guys for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, Instagram underscore D carry um, guys, it's the same stuff. Um, if you're new to travel and shit, I guess, um, yeah, I'm acting like I don't have new people listening to the podcast. Let me chill. So you can find me on the Instagrams at underscore D C A R R I E. Welcome. If you're um, new to the uh, channel, to the podcast and appreciate y'all motherfuckers for following me the long way. All right, guys, see you next week and such. Bye.